This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash. Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. Okay. Okay, it's Sunday, June 14th, and we're praying the promises of God. And we just started this, the section on standing. So, last week we talked about Matthew 7, verse 7. Keep on asking, and it will be given you. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking reverently, and the door will be open to you. And so, it's important that we make a habit of praying daily and praying consistently. Prayer is not a one-time event or something you do just in church. Don't depend just on prayer warriors to get your answers for you. You must mature in the faith and learn how to pray effectively for yourself and for others. Now, there's often a debate on whether you pray once and stand or whether you pray frequently over the same concern. Both answers are right, depending on the concern. Some prayers will result in a quick answer, some circumstances require that we pray it through until we get the answer or the result that we desire. Some answers require time to align the parties involved in the answer. So whatever the circumstance, we need to stand in full faith that the answer will come in the proper time. James 1 verses 2 to 12 say that man who per perseveres is blessed and will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Pray with persistence and do not faint. We give up easily in the flesh, but are strong in the spirit. We must have heavenly determination in praying. The Holy Spirit will help us in praying. Now, we have to understand that the accuser is Satan, and he continually accuses us to our Father, God, to others, and to us directly. Satan will try to take us down, and he just won't stop trying. So we must answer these accusations with prayer and declarations every day and in every situation where Satan tries to cause doubt and trouble. So there are different kinds of prayer. The prayer of faith is prayed and declared once, and then stood upon. But sometimes we have to go into spiritual warfare, and that requires spiritual armor prayers in the name of Jesus and of pleading the blood and of declaring God's promises and we may do this daily or frequently to combat Satan. So we need to go on the offense by declaring the word rather than talking about or agreeing with the problem. So, you know, we need to go into spiritual warfare against Satan. Um, let's go to Exodus chapter 14 verses 13 through 14. And what we're going to do here is look for scriptures that tell us to stand and to stand firm. 
to have no fear. 13 to what? 13 and 14. Okay, Betsy, would you read that, please? Yes. Uh, 13 and 14. Yes. Okay. This is from the uh, Amplified Bible, Exodus 14, 13 and 14. Moses told the people, Fear not, stand still, firm, confident, undismayed, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians you have seen today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you should hold your peace and remain at rest. Okay, could you read that first verse again? Stand uh, firm, and let's look at some of your words are right. a little bit different from the NIV. Okay, I have, fear not, stand still, firm, confident, Undismayed. Undismayed. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. Stand still. Okay. My Bible also says, take your stand. Mm -hmm. Which is... Take it. Take your stand. Which is assertive. Mm -hmm. yes. Now, the NIV is a little bit uh, simpler than what you just read. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm. And you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. So I like yes. some of these other versions because they expand on that. Stand still. Stand firm. Yes. Stand confident. Stand undismayed. Mine says you only need to keep silent. Uh -huh. Instead of keep still. Well, you know what? Still implies um, the lack of distractions. If we are still and we concentrate, we can really be distracted by a zillion things. Yeah. So you're to remain focused. Mm -hmm. Yes. Let's see. Can't you see that, what he means? I, I can throw it. Yeah, I like that. Understand still. Mm -hmm. Focused. And that also implies trust and reliance on the deliverance that the Lord will bring you. So that's your faith, your trust, your reliance. Giving your problem or concern over to the Lord. Praying his promises and knowing that he will. He says it, he will do it. The Lord will fight for you. So right there, yeah. that's telling you, you are in spiritual warfare. It's that old uh, dichotomy, good versus evil. God will see you through it. Fight for you. Can I say one thing? I fight for you. This is um, once upon a time <laughs> I was visiting a sister who had a husband who knew the Bible well. 
he came from a family of very devoted people. His grandfather happened to have been a minister, et cetera, et cetera. At any rate, I must have been talking about Satan a good deal without even knowing it. Yeah. And you know what he said to me? Betsy, he says, has anyone ever told you that when you repeat something, uh, Satan did this, or Satan did that, or it's Satan in that circumstance, that in a sense, by repeating his name, you are empowering him? Yes. Did you realize that? And do you know I never had? Yeah. But that's what you're doing. And you know what this brother-in-law said? By repeating his name too often, you are, uh, just a minute, what did he say? It is a form of prayer. Now, I saw his point of view, because what was it doing? It was doing what pray does. It, it was elevating him. It was elevating him. Elevating his name above what it should have been. Exactly. So yes. I do think we, although he's real, we know that. Yes. We do have to be careful that we do not elevate. That's a really good point. And when you get into a real a deep study of spiritual warfare and also get into study of uh, angels and demons, mm -hmm. uh, a good teacher will uh, warn against putting too much onto what the demons do and what they can do because the only power they have is what you allow them to have. God gave the dominion to mankind. We have dominion on earth and over everything on and in the earth. The only way Satan and his minions get power is through us opening doors and windows to it and giving him permission. And we often do that unawares we do. in our speech. We do. There are people who... We cannot cower at the name of Satan because he has no power of his own. It's We have the power. We need to learn how to use it. And we need to use the power in the name of Jesus and focus on Jesus rather than what we fear. It's that faith versus fear, what we fear the evil spirits can do. So spiritual warfare needs to be uh, assertive on our part. It needs to be a positive, not a negative force. We need to assert the power that God gave us in the name of Jesus and in the blood of Jesus. Um, we have to be aware that we are constantly attacked by Satan. But we're not going to bow to him. He is like a roaring lion. He is not a lion. He, he tries to be like Jesus, sure. the Lion of Judah. Sure. But he's not. He's nowhere near it. He was cast down out of heaven and he lost all of his power and glory when God threw him out of heaven. So he is constantly trying to sell us a bill of goods to try to regain what he thinks he should have. And you know, it doesn't take anything really special to decipher. To, to mm -hmm. Ask God. Mm -hmm. He'll put it within you mm -hmm. to say, hey, I don't know, he's a little shady. Some mm -hmm. remarks, I'd right. say, or... He'll give you a spirit of discernment through the Holy will. Spirit. He will. And then here again, a lot of the things that happen to us is not from Satan. 
It's by people making poor decisions, poor choices. Yes. We ourselves yes. make poor choices yes. and decisions, and we have, there are consequences. So sometimes we suffer consequences from things that we did that we should not have said or done. Other people do things, and that's the nature of the flesh. Things happen in the natural world, hurricanes, floods, and that's the world that's deteriorating and crumbling. God didn't send it. Satan didn't send it. That's just the world naturally crumbling, going through its deterioration process. So we can't blame every bad thing that happens to us on Satan. Now, he will try to do a lot of things, but he can't do everything. <laughs> I, I want to comment on what you said about other people, how, how we can be affected. Well, that's true, but I've been learning not to be affected because God is far more important and vital for us. That's, that's an excellent point, too. Yes, it yes. is. Because that's where we need to learn the Word and put our trust on right. God and not focus. A lot of times the outcome of the situation or crisis that other people may bring to us mm -hmm. The outcome from that is how we deal with it. So yeah. we do have some say in how we're affected by others. They're, they could throw a lot of garbage onto our lives. Mm -hmm. But we have a shield. We do. We have that shield, which is one of the tools that uh, in that armory of spiritual warfare. So we take that shield and, you know, we yeah. let, don't let it hit us permanently but we get through it with the guidance and direction and the, the wisdom of the Lord and the promises and it's how we deal with a lot of that stuff but that happens. none of us are perfect and right. so oh. when you become overwhelmed yeah. it is a natural human right. reaction to yes, it is. lose mm -hmm. your temper mm -hmm. um, totally lose it to the point where you are irrational mm -hmm. and you know you are and become and yet, depressed and yet, in some situations. And become very depressed. And yet over time, with prayer and with thought, you can overcome this. But it's a matter of persevering through the struggles. You know, it's not easy. But it is a matter yeah. of persevering yeah. over time. And giving yourself time. You know, this is something I'm learning to deal with right now. Is that you can't be in a rush for everything to happen all mm -hmm. at once. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to give yourself a little time. To get through things, and it's hard. Right. You know. Sure, it is hard. It's like uh, Tina wanting this table full. She must wait. She must. <laughs> I'd actually rather not have it full and have a well, small actually, group. Actually, I'm enjoying having this small group because we're such a close family now, yes. and uh, we've all been learning since January these concepts. Now that brings me back. When the, these things happen to us, we are made of flesh. We have a soul that we are continuing to renew. And that's why we spent so many weeks on establishing the foundation. You need to get the word into your mind as well as your heart. Into your spirit, but also into the soul. Because that's where the battles are fought, is in the soul. You know, we were already recreated in the spirit. It's our mind and emotions and our will that we have to renew. And um, you do that through the reading and learning and understanding of the word 
You do that in prayer and conversation with God. You do that through the Holy Spirit in you. Uh, you know, I ask the Holy Spirit all the time for guidance and wisdom and to help me with my emotions. And uh, it's not an overnight deal to change habits. We no. have to revise bad habits and replace them with good habits. Replace negative thoughts and reactions with good thoughts and good reactions. And that's, that's a lifelong process. It's yes, a progressive it journey. But every time that you slay the devil with that sword of truth, you get better. Mm -hmm. And you develop your own testimony and your own experience and how mm -hmm. to deal with all the things that happen to us. So, you know, you may stumble a little bit with emotion, but then you take, start thinking on the scriptures and your past good experiences and you pick, just pick up, yes. your body picks itself back up and because you're leaning on the Lord. He, sure. He's right there with you and you just grab His hand and He'll, he'll see you through it. Now, <clears throat> There's a that that was an awful lot in that verse. <laughs> yeah. Any uh, any more comments on that? You might not get very far today. Well, that's fine because you know we as long as we live we have have time to discuss these things. So I'm not in any hurry to rush through a verse. So um, let's move on to Joshua. Uh, right after the uh, right after the. Torah, the first five books. Joshua, Judges, Ruth. Uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. Doesn't that come right after? Joshua yeah. comes right after yeah. that? Deuteronomy. The way, good way to remember that is you have the five books of Moses and then Moses turns the congregation over to Joshua to be led into the... Oh. Oh, okay. The promised land. That's how I learned it. That's how I'm, I'm thinking. Where's Joshua? Joshua, what? Uh, chapter one. Yeah, the first five books are Moses, and then God said, "Well, Moses, you struck that rock instead of speaking to it. So now I'm going to let Joshua take over." And Joshua led them into the promised land. So he's the next one to write after Moses. Just a little, yeah, little hint to remember oh, sure. that. Joshua 1, verse 9. Uh, should I read that? Yes. Okay, this is from Good News. Remember that I have commanded you to be determined and confident. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for I, the Lord your God, am with you wherever you go. Okay. Wow, that's pretty good. Now, yours is good. Yeah, that because... Um, now, mine is uh, the word straight out of God's mouth. In the NIV, it says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That is so... You know, I say that to college kids. I mean, who... Uh, Sonia's little girl's going to go to some college in North Carolina. Yeah. And uh, she she doesn't know anyone around there or anyone else going to the college. And I said, boy, when you need Jesus Christ, I said, you just know you grab your hand and just keep it tight. And if you do that, because she's a young woman, mm -hmm. she's got face 
thousands of things that she's mm -hmm. never faced before. Mm -hmm. A whole new lifestyle, away, far away from home. That's yeah. a long trip down the no yeah. North Carolina. And it's not like she can just hop in the car and run home. No. So she's going to learn how to. Lord wants her to. That's live down there. Up. That's mm -hmm. called going up. Yeah. <laughs> so she has to know where her foundation yeah. is. Mm -hmm. And like like we were just talking about, knowing that God's always there for us and He'll walk us through it. So uh, my comment here is whether you are going to the doctor's office, to the courtroom, or any other place that causes anxiety. God is with you and will keep his promises to you. Repeat his promises in your head and in your prayers. Stand on them and let him keep you in his peace. And you know we talked about his peace being shalom, which is all-encompassing. It's not just the absence of troubles, but it's uh, everything complete, nothing broken, nothing missing providing everything that you need in life. God's peace. Yes. Shalom in Hebrew. And that's why I bless everybody by saying shalom. Because it's so much more encompassing. But you know what? There's a lot of people having the slightest idea what we're doing. Yeah. Using. That's frankly, right away they think, oh, she's using some Jewish word. Mm -hmm. And it means... Uh, God be with you or something like that. There's a lot of anti-Semitism. But, that's, but, that's, but that's why I've tried to teach everybody. When I say it to people that are not familiar, that's why I tell them that's God's perfect peace. There's a lot of residual anti-Semitism in the Christian community, you know, even to this day. You know, so it, it is strange when you use a, a oh, Hebrew word. word. Yeah, yeah. And there are people who still will take offense that you're well, using that when word. You Bless someone with shalom. You're giving them a perfect blessing. It's the best blessing you can give. Oh, that's I why love I that. do that. Perfect peace, PP. I mean, that's a good. Well, one actually, in Hebrew, perfect peace is shalom, shalom. Oh, is it? You say it twice. Shalom, oh. shalom. Shalom is peace. Perfect peace is shalom, shalom. Yeah. And I've I always explained it. I've explained it to anyone that I've used that with, to tell oh, them that's yeah. the best blessing I can give them because. It's everything that you need in life. Oh, yeah. And um, there are a lot of people here. That. But people have to understand that the whole early Christian church was made up of Jews. The church, the teaching, the gospel was given to the Jews first. Yeah, Jesus was Jewish. Jesus was Jewish. His family was Jewish. The disciples were Jewish. The early followers were all Jewish. Paul that was became Jewish. messianic believers. You know something that took me a long time to really... Realize that. that, and so when you hear of the Jews being the chosen people, mm -hmm. they are. They're mm -hmm. God's first people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they are wife to God, but the Gentiles are the bride of Christ. Did you realize mm -hmm. oh, that? Oh yes, yes. Okay. So, uh, and the Bible predicts, you know, the Gentiles, the wild olive branch, will be grafted into the, the original olive tree. We're the wild branch, and we are grafted in. And scriptures predict that we will all become one as the bride of Christ. And um, and you're seeing more and more Christians starting to understand the Judeo-Christian foundation, Judaic foundation of Christianity. Mm -hmm. 
and learning, when we start learning more and more about our, the Jewish culture and the heritage and the foundation of the church, there should be no room for anti-Semitism because I know. that's the beginning of what we believe. I know. That's all. I was started. in a very uh, anti-Semitic home. Mm. My mother was raised in a town where 3% were non-Jewish. 3%, that's not very much. And, yeah. Oh, there, there are more Jews in New York City than yeah. in the entire country of yeah. Israel. Yeah. Oh, is that I've, I've read no, that. Yeah, I've correct. read that. And yeah. she was, my mother was raised 100 miles. Because Israel's really tiny. It's like the size of New Jersey. And my gosh, you know, look at the size of metropolitan New York. Yeah. You know. But they're giving and they're money clustered constantly they're clustered. to Israel. Constantly. Yeah, good. That's why they're, what it, what it, you know, that's why they're there, because they're supporting. They do not, how do you think they feel about the Messianic they're very different Jews. Mm -hmm. Some There's of them different, are different, just like denominations. Like oh, we have yeah. different denominations. We but, had um, a tour once in this. Mass they're growing. Oh, mm -hmm. we just think of them as little offshoots that are little. Well, they're very. Know. Yeah, they are different. They're very law-minded. I'll be right. Back. Those are you know so the are law. Thou shalt, thou shalt not, and they live by the law, and you don't cross the line. But um, the, now, um, <coughs> why the number of Messianic Jews is really growing, because there are Jews that become Messianic and then they take the message back to the Jews. A lot of them are ostracized completely and cut off from family. Oh, I'm sure. But, but they are. But wonderful, then, aren't they, they? when they see how the Messianic Jew is starting to live and prosper, they get curious. Yes. And then when you take their objections back and answer their objections with the Old Testament that they know by heart, and they didn't have the understanding of those old scriptures mm -hmm. then. Mm -hmm. When you start putting Jesus as Messiah in, into the old scripture and showing this is referring to, to, Jesus, to Jesus, this is, and this has come true, and this has come true, and this has come true. And you start comparing... Uh, this is what your Messiah will be like. This is his lineage. This is the timing. This will happen. That, and then you start plugging Jesus into those scriptures. The light starts to come on. And they say, oh, we missed it. We missed it. I Jesus is that. our Messiah. I believe that thoroughly. And uh, Sid Roth just had a, an evangelical meeting in the city of Jerusalem. Who did? Sid Roth. He's an evangelistic... Messianic oh, Jew. Oh. He has a program on television called It's Supernatural. But he's written tons of books and he's on TV every week. And he just had a um, <coughs> like an evangelical meeting and invited Jews to come. And 650 Jews came to this meeting. And 97% of them accepted Jesus oh. at this meeting. Oh, wow. So. Now, there are people like me. I grew up uh, in York Suburban School District, which was known as Snob Hill because it was the wealthy school district. Now, I was not, I had no money. My family had no money. So, but I grew up with wealthy people. That, and yeah. Because I was in 
this uh, more of the accelerated classes. Oh, I see. And that's where all the Jews were. Sure. Because you know they're, they're smart. They they they're studious. They're serious, you know. And uh, so I had my classes with <coughs> a lot of Jews, and the synagogue was like a quarter mile, so just right down the road from the high school. And the thing is, uh, they kind of they were like top-notch, cream of the crop students, and you know, student council, and you know, sports and everything. They just excelled whatever they did, it seems. But uh, they never talked about their faith or their religion. So I was around them, but I didn't really know a whole lot about Judaism, other than their Sabbath was on Saturday. Oh. <laughs> That's about the only thing I really knew. And I knew they had to watch their food and things like that, but I really knew nothing. So um, now I'm just very curious now to see where they're at in their faith at this point. It's... There's, uh, we're having a big reunion. Very different levels. Coming up. Very different. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, but they've opened up the Jewish Community Center. Anybody can go and take a membership there. Oh. And join those uh, classes. You know, Play All kinds of classes and um, fitness center and all that. So, you know, it's a slow process, but the Jews and the Gentiles are melding together. And we're seeing more and more of this happen in these end times. You know, it was predicted, and it's happening. And I'm, 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 I'm starting to think that a lot of Christians who are serious about delving into the Hebrew culture and all of that, were, were they're Messianic Jews when they accept Jesus, but we're becoming Judaic Christians. So it's not that we're we're not turning into Jews; we're just becoming more knowledgeable about the Old Testament and the roots of the of our Christianity. But, so that was a little sidetrack there, but... Um, that's interesting, yeah. That's, that's where we're at with that. Okay, I don't even know how we got there. Okay, let's go to Isaiah 26. Verses 3 and 4. Verse again, 24, uh, 26. Uh, chapter 26 uh -huh. in Isaiah, verses 3 and 4. Oh, thank you. These are just little short verses here. The steadfast of mine thou wilt keep in perfect peace, because he trusts in thee. Trust in the Lord forever, for in God the Lord we have an everlasting rock. Anyone else want to read their version? Does anyone read a little bit differently? Well, no, they pretty much, pretty much the same. Okay. <coughs> now, uh, there's something I wanted to emphasize out of the NIV because the NIV is a little okay. different, and there's something I want you to notice. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast, because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, 
for the Lord. The Lord is the rock eternal. Now, Lord uh, is the Jew, uh, the Hebrew word Yahweh or Yehovah, and it means covenant God. So when you're praying to the Lord, you're praying to your God of covenant, your covenant-keeping God. Is that Yahweh? And Yahweh. Okay. And if you want to go even further back into the Hebrew language, it's it's Yehovah. Now we anglicize it to Jehovah, but the, the proper Hebrew would be Yehovah. But this is the Lord that you pray for in covenant. Now notice the triple emphasis on the Lord. Trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord, the Lord is the rock eternal. So that's really commanding you to focus on the Lord, your covenant God. Whenever you see something written two or three times, and this time it's three times, three is the number of divinity. So, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. The Lord maintains His everlasting covenant of grace with us and is able to put His supernatural power over the natural things of this world to effect change, which is impossible for us alone in our own efforts. So have peace in God's work and timing. Any comments on that? Okay, now let's go to the New Testament, to Philippians chapter 3. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Philippians 3, verses 13 and 14. Let it be your turn, Gina. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll just let you all read these. Go ahead, okay. Um, I do not consider, brethren, that I have captured and made it my own yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God and Jesus Christ is calling us upward. Okay. That's a really nice passage. Uh, Here it's, yeah. I have captured and made it my own. In the NIV it says, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold. Okay. So that's very active. You take yes. hold of it. You grab it. You make it your own. You capture it. Oh, that, that refers to the capture part, right? Yes. I mean, what it means. All right, let me just just make a little mark here. This thing, like about forgetting, this thing about forgetting the past and looking forward to the future is really interesting also. Now, what was that about getting hold? It's active. Words? It's active. You're taking hold of it. Oh. 
taking hold. Now, how do we take hold of that? Well, grabbing by. You said somewhere in my notes, a declaring. By your speech, by your oh, yeah. declarations, by uh, positively praying and talking the scripture, talking the word rather than the problem. And this just puts a little bit of emphasis on forgetting the past. Forget the past experiences and begin to stand on God to intervene. That's not always in easy. your cause. No, for it isn't. Yeah. No. It isn't easy. But uh, it, it would be necessary, don't you think? Oh, yeah. So as not I, to uh, taint your forward. I've become very aware of this, but. Yeah. Yeah. I had to become aware of it and trust it because if I focused on the past. Well, a lot of us have had a lot of troubles and crisis in our lives. Mm. I've been through so much, people would not even begin. What people know about what I've been through, what Taylor's been through and his family, uh, is just the tip of the iceberg. People don't even know half of what we have suffered or gone through in life and I have a tendency to dwell on certain things and I have to learn and remind myself to forget it it's the past I'm in a new chapter now of my life uh, I got through whatever I had to get through and now I'm looking forward to a better life I am blessed I am favored of the Lord uh, my life is so much better and so I have to <laughs> deliberately stop those bad memories. That's why. And I, I think we all have that. We all have to stop. Straining. Yes. You see, it is a strain. Yes, because oh, the yes. past is past. I mean, you can't. It happened. Yeah, there's nothing I can do about it. Though. No. no, you can't so change it. You have it. to strain too. You have to. It implies working at it. Don't you think straining means? Yes. In a way? Yes. Reaching forward, yes. straining forward, reaching yes. forward, press on, pressing onward and upward, focusing on God's answer to reach a solution to your needs. So, you know, we have to uh, make a decision, and that decision is to put the past in the past and concentrate on a better future in Jesus. And, you know, I'm, I'm probably worse than a lot of people on dwelling on things that I, I need to just put it behind me. So that's the way it was. That's not what I'm in now. That's not my life now. My life is better because of God. Yeah, you know, and, you know, he, he's renewing me every day with tender mercies every morning and every day. He's given me grace, mercy. Uh, provision, his ever-loving kindness, and um, I am living in his blessing and in his favor. And I'm trusting him to do that for those around me. Mm -hmm. I'm trusting him to take care of my family members and to give me wisdom to deal with anything that comes my way at this point. So. Any other comments, additions to that? Well, the only thing I wanted to add was I happened to glance over to chapter 4 and saw 
in 4 verse 6 be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God yeah and my Bible actually goes into detail on this little passage right in here but I think that that's how we access because you were saying that's one of the ways that we access is through not only just declaration but prayer and supplication but also through praise Absolutely. You know. When we're thanking uh, someone or some, when we're thanking God, we have to review what we're thanking Him for. We don't just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for holding my hand. Thank you for uh, allowing me to move forward. Yeah. Thank you for letting me forget the past. Be uh, definitive. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're absolutely right. It, it's it's really important to combine thanking and uh, not having anxiety. Well, let's just read this in the NIV in the Amplified, okay. and let's go to verse, uh, chapter four, verse four, and read through verse seven. Because this uh, adds to what we were just discussing. Now, I, I have this discussion further on in the teaching to the part where we get to Thanksgiving. And I think I have it a couple times because this, this is such a good passage. It applies to a lot of different aspects that we're going to be talking about. But it won't hurt to repeat it. So let's go. Uh, 4 to 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Delight, gladden yourselves in Him. Again I say, rejoice. Let all men know and perceive and recognize your unselfishness, your considerateness, your forbearing spirit. The Lord is near. He is coming soon. Do not fret or have have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite request, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. And God's peace... God's shalom shall be yours that tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ and so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is that peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus so that pretty much sums up everything we've been talking about yeah. That's a good passage there. Okay. I'd, I'd like to read uh, part of verse 4 in Good News. Okay. And, which has become very apparent with me. May you always be joyful in your union with God. Okay. See, we've, I've really discovered I can't really be joyful if I'm not in unity. That really makes it happen. Mm-hmm. Because your own feelings and your own emotions can... Camouflage it. Right, absolutely. Can, can make an opaque window that you can't mm-hmm. see through. Yeah, and Pastor Jeff was talking about this morning with Stephen Ministers. He said, you know, if you're going through personal turmoil and things like that, you can't minister to others. You know, you have to be comfortable in yourself first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. I think you you have to reach that level where you're in union with God. Yeah. So then yeah. you you know joy more and more. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
That was a good point. Thank yeah. you. Well, it's a little different. I don't, you know, I have a lot of Bibles. I, I have this because it's big print here, so that's why. Well, it's good to hear the different translations yes. and different versions. So. Yes, it is. Okay. Is it about it? Mm -hmm, yeah. Oh, okay. Three minutes to All right. Well, we got a couple of verses done. <laughs> That's still a good stuff. Now, just remember, no Sunday schools at all next oh, week. Oh, right. Oh. Next week, there's two church worship services at 9 o'clock, not 9.30. 9 o'clock, and then the same service will be done at 10.30. Yeah. Okay. So two services, one at 9 one at 10.30, same service, but it's all musical. It's a media with media involved. And uh, there's going to be lots of guests. There's going to be uh, oh, really? symphony orchestra type oh, music really? in addition to the chancel choir. I think the kids choirs, uh, the 11 o'clock praise team. It's just a smorgasbord of music. Okay. But because of the time frames, there'll be no Sunday school classes at any level. All right. That's good. So... And you know what? I have to go. I know my husband's going to be... This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. 